This podcast episode mentions personal stories of resilience regarding motherhood. These are our personal stories, and we are not mental health professionals. This is not a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. For joining us today. We have Giselle with us, and we're going to have a very unique episode for what we usually do. Um, it's the month of May, and so we want to have a conversation about being a mom and the resiliency that we have as moms and demonstrate as moms and have to create as moms as, uh, as we're juggling being a mom with life um, and person and all of that. So uh, we have Jessica, Giselle, and myself today, Samantha. So let's get started, ladies. Welcome, Giselle. Hello. I'm so glad to be back on the podcast talking with you guys. I'm excited to bring my perspective as like a newbie mom, <laughs> the experienced moms. And when you say newbie mom, Giselle, tell us a little bit about your little one. Yes. So my little uh, future world leader, her name is Kira, (laughs) and she is 15 months at the time of recording this, and she's my first child. I shared a bit of my story on a previous episode, so I'm estranged from my mom. So motherhood was terrifying, exhilarating, all of that, and she has just blown my expectations out of the water and caused me to grow so much. So I love her very much. Love that. Mm. Samantha, do you want to share about your little yeah, bundle? Since, since I'm in the next phase, right after, yeah. r- right after newbie mom. Um, <laughs> so I have um, a three and a half year old Livy, who I also, Giselle, you said future leader. And I say, she has really good adult characteristics. They are <laughs> super hard child characteristic. (laughs) Uh, And so I have to keep telling myself that like every day, like she's going to be an amazing woman when she grows up. Yeah. Strong. Um, She's great. Very strong. Super strong. And then um, welcoming another one here in a couple of months. So um, yeah, one, one on the way and one already here. All right. And I'll tell a little bit about mine. Um, I'm in a different phase. All of mine are almost grown or completely grown up and out of the house. We only have one left of five at home. So we have a 27-year-old, 26-year-old, two 22-year-olds, and a 17-year-old. So I'm in a different phase of parenting. And I have a grandson. Mm -hmm. And he is four. Do over. Mom, do over. (laughs) it's the fun part of parenting I think (laughs) not that being a parent isn't fun but I get to give him back at the end of the day and then rest peacefully on my couch (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's definitely different momming momming is hard it is the hardest job on the planet that no one tells you about yes that's a good place to start yeah there's I, nothing that could prepare like none of the baby classes prepared me no. <laughs> like none of the baby books I read all the like natural birthing uh-huh. books about breathing exercise not nothing prepares you um at least nothing prepared me and then definitely nothing prepared me for the person that my daughter is because mm-hmm. we don't know who they're going to be until they get here yes mm-hmm. um, so much yes to that yeah she this was is not a total a sleeper this is a total sidebar, but when you're talking about books, it made me think of, I read a book called, um, um, oh, and it just slipped out of my mind. It was something like how to lead children who think for themselves. Oh. And I thought it was a book to help me with my child who thought for himself. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not, and it, um, it was about how to get children to think for themselves. And I remember just being so frustrated going, this isn't helping me. I mean, I'm sure it was a great book, um, but I thought, I thought you were going to help me to know how to, you know, parent this child who was so strong-willed and thinks for himself on everything. And he was my first. And so I hadn't had the, the practice yet. Mm-hmm. So that made me think of it. Um, 
one book that I did love was Common Sense Parenting. And I would reread that with each kid. And I felt like that, even though it didn't um, teach me how to be a parent to a newborn, it helped me as they were going through the toddler years, the um, expected terrible twos and terrible threes. And oh, wait, nope, it's actually 14. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's not what I want to hear because I'm struggling with three. I didn't struggle with two. Uh, I had two at 14 yeah common sense parenting it even has a workbook and stuff I loved it but um but when you're saying that yeah I remember reading the books going I just feel so lost um Mm. but I'm a a learn as I go as I do you know Mm. I need to be doing Mm -hmm. and so reading the book helped Mm -hmm. but books uh I should say multiple (laughs) books uh what to expect when you're expecting you know yeah, but I would recommend um, the author does one of my favorites, and it's a, for me a better book, Expecting Better. Mm. But one of my favorites given to me by somebody else, I don't know, my daughter was a year old at the time, and she's like, you, I think this speaks to you as a parent. It's called Crib Sheet. It's a data driven oh. guide to better, more relaxed parenting from birth to preschool. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you, you're laughing because you know that it's like me, right? (laughs) The fact that it's a data-driven guy. (laughs) I'm like, there's so many parents and I could give this to this one and this one, you know, that they're data-focused. Yeah. But it helped me like realize like, why am I putting so much pressure on myself about breastfeeding when I'm struggling to produce, right? Like this book, like laid out all, like brought the, all the studies and said, okay, everybody says this these are the studies that say it like, and these are the studies against it. So you could just like really absorb yourself and be yeah. like, okay, this is my stance. Right. Or like, mm-hmm. why am I so hard on myself? I don't know. Yes. It was a good one for me. That was my first lesson in pregnancy was I had a midwife and I loved my midwife because they were so chill. Like they were so incredibly mm-hmm. chill. And I'd be like, I'd come to them and be like, what about this? And they'd be like, uh, you know, sometimes some kids, some kids don't, some people do, some people like they were just so mm-hmm. honest about how normal the range is of what it's like to be pregnant, what it's like to be taking care of a baby, what babies mm-hmm. are like and the differences. And it wasn't like it needs to be this way. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like yeah. it could be so many different ways. Yeah. And they all are, I mean, my five <laughs> are all vastly vastly different mm-hmm. um vastly <laughs> and I I do call them my little science experiments I mean I didn't run experiments on them right but I, like, I, didn't, have, <laughs> like, I didn't have the data but everything that I tried was an experiment mm-hmm. oh that's not working with this one I need to try you know another another method or um the fact that they didn't sleep the same mm-hmm. so our twins didn't sleep the same way nor did they like the same sleep uh, routine Mm. um you know and they're going to bed at the same time if we possibly could pull that off so (laughs) you know it every single one of them was a little science experiment even to this day it's with with all of them but even our 17 year old is so vastly different than any of the other kids that we had that are now grown up so there are little science experiments so I'm gonna I, I wrote down crib sheet and did you say one at the beginning Giselle I didn't know I had none oh you mentioned you read a lot of books I read a lot but they were all kind of like conscious parenting I'm more of the like woo woo you know spiritual side of things and so I read a bunch of books about do you have a favorite no not off the top of my head (laughs) (laughs) but I actually I would say Awakened Parent by Dr. Shafali I think that's how you say her name um, that one was really good as I was just because not having a mother myself, I really went into motherhood excited, but very terrified that I would repeat mm-hmm. <laughs> the things that my mother did. I, I just thought it was genetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was afraid of that. And I was afraid mm-hmm. of the type of mother I would be. And I had all of these ideas of the type of mother I needed to be because Mm -hmm. having the mother that I had I was like this is what a good mother is and what a bad mother is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh that led me to that was a slippery slope that was like really it made uh it made things a lot harder than I think 
they needed to be in the beginning. And I had to kind of come to a place where I looked at all the emotions that came up and I looked at it and I faced it and I looked at the beliefs and I thought, I get to define what a good mother is now for me based on where I'm at today and based on who my child is. What a path though, to get to that, you know, like I'm thinking, and I think like that's motherhood in a nutshell Mm -hmm. (laughs) that the, I don't know if it's self-induced society induced, probably a mixture of both. Mm -hmm. Um, but like the, fear and the expectations that we place on ourselves or that society places on us as mothers. And so like, Mm -hmm. then we're in this like constant like zone and slippery slope. Like, I can't tell you, I have one friend that I say, I'm like, I don't feel like I'm doing right as a mother. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. And Giselle, I hear you. So it like spoke to me so much when you said, um, that you were afraid that you would repeat what you saw, the patterns with your mom. I had a very, um, I don't have a relationship with my mother. Mm. Um, and, uh, so it was very rocky growing up. And so I felt like, okay. Um, so I chuckle because Samantha will be like, well, I see that in you now, but <laughs> I had this like sense of, I know better than you. Mm. And, very naive going into it. Like I can do this. I know what not to do because I saw what you did. And then I had the fear of, am I going to repeat this? Am I going to turn into her? Um, And I'll tell you, uh, I, obviously I learned, it took a few years, but I learned um, she wasn't wrong about everything. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we're still, we're still estranged and I have no intention of bridging that gap, but um that she wasn't wrong about everything. And I wasn't right about everything when it came mm-hmm. to parenting. Um, but I think it's, it, it is still part of what made me the mom that I, that I am now. Um, and I, I chuckle for two reasons. One, because my oldest said to me once, I, this isn't fair. You don't take toys away from him and put them on the top of the refrigerator. If you leave, if he leaves them out. And that was in reference to our youngest who is 10 years younger than him. And, and he's, you know, he's right. I didn't with my first, you got to put your toys away. They've got to be perfect. And if you're not, you know, you're not gonna put your mm. toy away, I'm going to put it, you know, and I would take it and I would put it up on top of the refrigerator and he would have to kind of like prove his way back to getting that toy. And, you know, I mean, we didn't do it often, but it was very kind of rigid, um, mm. but not everything about me was rigid. Right. But I just remember him telling me that because there was also a time he said to me, you're an amazing mom. He was very little seven, Mm -hmm. you're an amazing mom. And I said, Oh, how's that? And he said, just the way that you talk to us and the way that you handle us. So I wasn't extremely rigid about everything. Um, but you know, just the toy things and, and then, uh, the music I allowed them to listen to when they were little was vastly different. I did not allow them to listen to, um, like one of his friends, once our oldest, one of his friends said, my childhood memory of driving to school with you guys is listening to like Disney songs only. (laughs) (laughs) like nursery rhymes and stuff because all because we had the twins too so I would be taking them to school and have the twins in the car so I only played wholesome music and then um my grandson the other day told his mom oh grandma plays that song in her car and it was move blank get out the way (laughs) (laughs) how we've grown (laughs) (laughs) and it was you know and I told her, I promise it's the edited version, but, um, but still I've changed. And then I worry still to this day about whether or not I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. And if I had, let's say this is my job and I was paid for doing this and I've been doing this for 27 years. Um, I'm an expert. I've been doing this for 27 years, but as a parent, you don't ever feel like Mm -mm. you're an expert. Mm -mm. And so I, I do believe it for two reasons. Um, one in preparation for this, uh, recording and two, we watched a, a documentary last night about the boy who was kidnapped at seven and then went home at 14. He found his way home at 14 and the person that brainwashed him that his parents didn't love him anymore. I had a nightmare last night that my daughter and her boyfriend moved in with my mother who I just oh. said I was estranged mm. with. I had that dream last night. I woke up to it this morning and I had been trying to shake it all day. And 
and I went to go and get my daughter and she's a full grown up, and she's like, no, you don't love me. You never did. Hmm. And my mom is standing there going, well, you know, you did all of these things wrong. And my daughter starts listing all these things I did wrong. And they were real. You guys, (laughs) they Hmm. were, it felt so real. And so you know, it stuck with me all day. Like, yeah, I didn't take pictures at Christmas time. I was just preoccupied. And my daughter's going, well, if you love me, you would have taken pictures. Like, but, uh, you know, so <laughs> like the yeah. fear, they're grown and I still have that fear. Mm-hmm. So um, that really resonated with me that the fear, the mom fear and um, the, the, uh, the thing about knowing what to do and what not to do and, mm-hmm. and watching our own mothers um absolutely I think the rigidity is the fear too is is it's not even so much the fear of doing something wrong for me it it was at or being like my mom there was that too and there's also just the fear of feeling like enmeshed and needing to like separate emotionally mentally and have some kind of boundaries to remember that like my daughter is her own person like she reminds me that she's her own person. <laughs> <laughs> she's very clear but i have a that... book that won't help you it's called it's like i carry you in my body you're dependent on my body for food you're like uh-huh. completely helpless and then i have to just like let you go and let you trip and let you hurt yourself yes. and let you that's that's so hard another fear too and to keep doing it, right? Like it doesn't stop. Like no. Every with every like change in age and every phase, like Jessica, I'm sure you could speak to this the best of any of us, but like it, it's like, wait, wait, now now I've for me, you're putting on your own clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you're choosing your own outfit. <laughs> what? Wait, what? You know, like. And, and knowing that I've been working to help her be more independent, but then yes. when it happens, it's like, oh, wait a second. Oh, no, yes. no, I don't want that yet. <laughs> yeah, so much so. And I know your parenting style, Samantha, and I know you are leading her to be independent. You are guiding her in a way that she is her own self. You, you nourish that in her, um, but it is, it's hard. And I'll tell you, um, my daughter knew what she was doing moving away while I was on a business trip (laughs) (laughs) because I would have bawled my eyes out and Uh I would have let her go. I mean, Uh she was an adult, but it wasn't about not letting her go. She knew better than to try to do that with me home because it would have been hard on her and hard on me. But I had to uh, like she ripped the bandaid off for me because I wouldn't have been able to. Then you Mm -hmm. have her twin who's the flip, who so much didn't want to move out into his own place. Um, As a junior in college, it was his first time moving out. And I had to put my arm around him, around his back and guide him out the door because he wanted to stay here. But that also is the same type of thing. I had to kind of give him a a shove to let him then go spread his own wings. And you guys are going to laugh at me so much. This, I get, I get so judged. And that's another thing that I had wanted to talk about today is we have to let go of caring what other people think of our parenting styles. Um, so our oldest had a car accident, Giselle. Um, he was 17. He's now the one that is uh, 27. Um, he had a very major car accident. So, and it was while I was asleep. So um, he was air to a trauma unit. Um, for massive head injury. And uh, the, it was a big, big accident. So what does that do to your parenting? Mm-hmm. And that fear that's relating to being a parent come in, comes in. Um, it then impacted the rest of my kids. So mm-hmm. I had <laughs> Life360, which is a very popular app um, on their phones. And it wasn't because I cared where they were going. We were open. You tell us where you're going that's cool. We have a, um, a unique parenting style with, I mean, not unique, but like our own little thing that we've ingrained, uh, I shouldn't say ingrained, practiced over the years and kind of chiseled out there. Um, it wasn't that I cared where they were going. We were open. I cared that they made it there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. just recently, and my twins are 22, going to be 23 over Easter weekend, I took them off of the app and I texted them and I said, it is more stressful for me to see that you're driving, mm. to get a notification mm. that you are driving mm. than it is for me to know that you are doing well and out on your own. Mm. And I took them off the app. So I still have my 17 year old, um, yeah. but my, my daughter was at a, 
a get together right by my house. And so it kept telling me she was, I don't see when she leaves her house or anything like that. I can see if I get on the app, but like, if she's in my neighborhood, it tells me she's home. Hmm. And she was at a good friend's house that is within my neighborhood. So she was home. And (laughs) then I got a notification. She left home. And then I got a notification. She got to the high school. And then I got a notification that she was at the park across from the high school. And it was like, you know, that's where she stayed for the evening. They were celebrating the graduation of one of their friends um, from Mm. the police academy. And so it was like, (laughs) I kept going, are you okay? Are you okay? And so finally I just called her because I was like, why are you at the park? You've been at the park for like an hour. Are you okay? And she declined my call. And then one of her friends said, that's your mom you got to take her call so she knows you're okay. And so that's when I went enough. Mm-hmm. She is a grown adult mm-hmm. with her own home. She owns a home mm-hmm. full-time job. She's an adult and I took her off the app. And so I'm not perfect. I, you know, I, I should have taken her. I shouldn't have even necessarily had the app to begin with, but it was my own coping mechanism for knowing mm-hmm. that they weren't in an accident. Yeah. Um, but that fear, the mom fear, and then also the letting go um, that we were talking about, that we have to let them go. Um, <laughs> one of my ways to be a more resilient mom for myself was to remove them from the app. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to face the fear and let them go. Mm-hmm. They're fine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I still do it. My daughter's going on a trip to California this weekend. And I texted her everything. Do you have your mace? Don't go alone. Where are you going to be? Mm-hmm. And she's an adult. She probably shouldn't have told me she was going to California, you know, but yeah. But that's real. And and the judgment, I know you mentioned briefly mom judgment, but like the way we judge ourselves mm-hmm. so harshly, mm-hmm. that's been like, I, again, I'm the newbie mom and, and the beginning of my motherhood journey was just plagued with that judgment and that sure, shame yeah. of like not doing everything right. And even now I'm like, I don't know. She doesn't have a schedule. I don't know. Should we be painting eggs? I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? And trying to remind myself that those feelings come up for a reason and there's always something for me to look at within myself. Like that's been my resiliency experience is like having every level of motherhood force me to shine the mirror in myself and look at myself and see where am I at and who am I becoming and what kind of mother I want to be and reflecting on it, not just what kind Mm -hmm. of mother, but like what kind of example of a human being do I want to be for her like I feel like Mm -hmm. that's my my main job is to like show her that we go through difficulties and we Mm -hmm. bounce back and we you know we have all of our feelings we don't suppress it we don't push it down we don't run away Mm -hmm. from it and and that's hard like that's active work that I have to do and it's being a mom that kind of prompts me to do that active work because I'm like if I can't make sure that you're good every second of the day but I can control whether I'm doing my own work on myself Mm -hmm. and there's that giving yourself permission to be imperfect and make mistakes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's in the mom world and in our own world but that's Mm -hmm. part of resiliency Mm -hmm. you know we're going to make mistakes Mm -hmm. and resiliency is how we respond to those mistakes and so part of being a mom is making mistakes and being okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being able to come back for like, I'm thinking about, you know, like the times where I lose it, right. Where, where I'm like, mm-hmm. I I'm fat. Like I am at my limit, whatever's going on in life. Like I'm at my limit limit and I lose it. And then I realize afterwards <laughs> and I'm like, and then, and then it's a, Oh man. Okay. Now what's the best way to teach her that sometimes we lose it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's okay. But then, then it's how you recover from it and Mm -hmm. connect with the people afterwards. And, you know, like, but gosh, it's hard being a mom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's the hardest job ever, especially when like, again, there's no metric, like you're, you're building it all yourself. It's all like Mm-hmm. unseen it's like one step and then an, you can only see the next step in front of you like right I don't, you know like I guess once you have more kids you can kind of use what you did before I don't know but for me I'm just like one step at a time it's like foggy I can only see yeah. the next thing yeah and that's that's I don't know if the next kid will make you feel any better in that regard because they're going to be totally different. I mean, let's be real. They're not going to be the same kid and you're going to go, ah, 
yeah. all the tools I had in my tool belt don't even work for you. Um, <laughs> but, but you will be able to look back and go, Oh, I remember when I did that. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, um, she was super angry or mm-hmm. that bombed or that really worked well, but it might not work with Billy Bob because Billy Bob right. doesn't like that. Um, right. so, um, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that Giselle, that you mentioned prior to, um, the recording is just, um, navigating the inevitable stressors. <laughs> what do you do, um, to navigate those in- inevitable stressors or how, or how do you take care of yourself when you face them? Yeah, that's the biggest part is, uh, taking care of myself. Um, for me, like taking care of myself is really subtle right now, the phase that I'm in, um, because, you know, I don't have help. I'm taking care of my daughter, myself. I'm doing a lot, not myself, my husband helps. Um, but it, we don't have a big community. Um, and, and so taking care of myself is about really actively checking in and saying, Giselle, what do you need right now? Like, what Mm -hmm. would be nurturing for you right now and that could be as simple as like oh you know what I haven't drank any water in like an hour or I should probably drink something or I need to like go and and, you know reset take a pause step away breathe Mm -hmm. do a mantra like whatever it is to just check in with myself and that action in itself reminds me like from me to me that I matter and I'm important and I'm okay and like, remember that I'm here too. And it's not just external focus, but I can focus on myself and check in with how I'm feeling, slow down. Like a lot of mindfulness for me mm-hmm. is, is how I practice self-care. And when I can, a bubble bath. And, and <laughs> when I can, you know, I went for a massage and a facial and I was like, I'm a new woman. Yeah. Um, but, but on the day to day, like I could never predict how the day is going to be. She's mm-hmm. teething. I don't know if I'm going to have you know, a lot of feelings today, or if it's going to be a more smooth day. I don't know if we're going to be able to stick to our routine or if the weather is going to keep us indoors. And, and so those, it's just the unpredictability of motherhood. Like before becoming a mother, I could have a schedule. I could have a timeline. (laughs) (laughs) I could kind of know with Mm -hmm. some level of certainty. Um, And so, yeah, a lot of mindfulness for me is how I stay resilient. Samantha, what about you? Um, so, you know, I, um, I, I, there's a lot of things that I think I do. And for me, one of the most important things is that my daughter goes to school while I am home. And like, I work, I work from home. Right. Mm-hmm. And I could keep her home and work from home with her, but I've learned that I am not a nice person <laughs> when I'm <laughs> working from home and momming. Like I, I know some people can figure out how to balance that and take care of themselves. That's not me. So, mm-hmm. um, taking care of myself is that she goes to school, um, a preschool, you know, and that sometimes during those preschool days, I may take a day off mm-hmm. and yes. maybe get my nails done or I don't know, do absolutely nothing and sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't have to like at first, the first time I did that, I struggled so much because guilt. Yes. Because Mm -hmm. I'm sending my child to school Mm -hmm. and here I am not even working. Mm -hmm. Um, but now, now, I mean, having some moment of myself, I mean, I'm fortunate I work from home. Right. So I exercise most days while she's at school and, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm working. And so that's me being able to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I am worse at taking care of myself on the weekends. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't have that time. And for a long time, I felt like I needed to constantly be exposing her to things. We mm-hmm. needed to do mm-hmm. things. Oh, there's a farmer's market. We're going to go. We're needed, you know, and, and I've slowly been learning within the past, I'm going to say six months because <laughs> it's recent mm-hmm. that I don't have to do that. You know, like she's going to be exposed and she's going to get everything she needs. And the most important thing is that she knows she's got love. Right. And so I don't have to be taking her out every place. And so then for me, like sometimes when I, when I want to sit around on a Saturday morning, we watch cartoons and that's okay. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's not going to trash her brain, but 
but mom can take care of herself because I get to sit on the couch too, you know, or if she's taking a nap and I'm tired, I get to nap. Like I don't need to be going. Um, And so those are things for me that, that, you know, I'm still developing those, but (laughs) still working through it. Yeah. Well, I wrote down so many things that you both said um, when we were talking about self-care as a mom and, and dads, if you're listening, we aren't leaving you out. We're doing the special for moms today. If you missed the beginning, <laughs> but, <laughs> because it's May and it's mother's day. But one of the most frequently given pieces of advice that I've heard is sleep when your kids sleep, Yeah, you know, for, for a new mom. And I don't know if that really goes away. Um, you know, I would sleep when they were quiet, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're older and I have a minute, I'll fall asleep on the couch and mine are much older. So now I can sleep when I want to sleep, but now I've entered a whole other phase of life where sleep is very difficult to come by, but, um, you know, I can take a nap anytime I want to, but sleeping when, when they slept, um, was such a big one because you don't get a lot of sleep as a mom. And, you know, so maybe the biggest thing that you do for self-care and we don't want to mislead anyone, um, you know, if you've got a month old baby, you might not be able to go out and um, go get your nails done, or you may be able to go out and get your nails done. But maybe the only thing that you get to do is sleep when they sleep. And that's still extremely important self-care, whatever you are able to do in whatever phase of parenting you're in for self-care is important. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Like just taking, just remembering that you matter and you're a person mm-hmm. like you haven't disappeared because mm-hmm. this baby's here now. And that was, that was hard for me. It's like, yeah, there's that fog of like, what happened? <laughs> like I woke up from a coma and all of a sudden I have this person with me and I'm not just a solo human anymore. And, mm-hmm. and it's that, that moment of like, you know, if it's just in the shower, yes, we have to sh- shower and I know that's a thing and people will say that's not self-care but in my early postpartum that was self-care oh yeah in the Mm -hmm. shower Mm -hmm. I love the shower now Mm -hmm. like yeah you know and if that's all you get that moment to yourself to just check in then that is you know what's gonna keep you going Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. showering was a really big deal (laughs) I mean it it, it was and it still um, is for me like it, yeah because <laughs> she is she's still young I mean uh, let me tell you my grandson is four and um his mom had to come up with like a, a code phrase of I need space mm. um and he taught me the phrase when he you know he coming here and I use it on him because he would follow me into the bathroom and that's where she came up with it you know I need space go out with your dad I'm gonna take a shower and so he'll say to me now grandma I need space and I'm going I'm just shutting the door it's okay but, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not gonna hang out with you in the bathroom um but you know I, I mean he's my grandson but I would have to say to him okay I need space it's okay yeah. if grandma goes to the bathroom by herself mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so um, as parents, I remember, um, as you were telling the story, Giselle, of taking a bubble bath, or I mean, well, just mentioning taking a bubble bath. Yeah. Um, I was 18 when I had my son and um, mm-hmm. single. And um, uh, thankfully, I lived at home with my dad at the time. And I remember my dad's like, just go take a bath. Mm-hmm. Just go, go take a bath. And so I remember him, him sticking his little fingers under the door. Mom. <laughs> mom you know like trying to get to me I can still it, he's 27 and I can still see his little fingers under the door and most of the time as a mom he would sit on the floor in the bathroom while I shower or yeah. showered or mm-hmm. bathed or whatever because mm-hmm. I was a single mom and so he got really he was really good about entertaining himself um being the only one and me being by myself um but I just remember when my dad tried to help <laughs> Like he tried to give me a minute and there's his little fingers. And so, you know, um, we need to take those, those moments where we can get them because that is part of our resilience. That's how we can reset ourselves and, and refill our own buckets as a mom. You can't, you know, you can't pour from an empty, empty cup. You can't parent from an empty cup either. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Super important. What you said, like 
struck something with me and I, I realized that like there may be new moms that are listening because I'm again I'm repping the new moms <laughs> but new moms that are listening to this and worry that mom guilt that you mentioned mm-hmm. like that you know I need to to be there and there's a lot of stuff online right now about how our parents screwed us up and so everyone's afraid to screw up their kids mm-hmm. and you know attachment parenting and I need to like meet all your needs and and it can just induce so much guilt. And it's like, mm-hmm. we really have to look at the expectations that we mm-hmm. have internalized in a way, because it's not realistic to meet your kids, a hundred percent of your Mm-mm. kids needs. It's just not possible. Right. And they'll be okay. Cause that's mm-hmm. why there are other people in their life. Yeah. You no. Know? Um, and that's something that I've recently really, it's really landed for me is just, I'm not going to mess her up if I don't do all this stuff. And if I'm so focused on that, I'm actually going to ruin the relationship we could have because I'm not focused on what's really important, which is that mm-hmm. I'm there for her. We're spending time together. I'm present, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's something you both have brought up um, in different ways too, is that need for other people, right? The need mm-hmm. for other people. And, and I think this is d- helps develop resiliency in us, resiliency in our children. Mm-hmm. Like just yep. is that, you know, like, our children have other people surrounding <laughs> them. We don't have to do it all as the mom, right? Like, because there are other people in their community that are going to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a mom, you know, like, gosh, I couldn't have done it without my community, right? Like, right. I still can't do it without my community. There are days yeah. when I'm super struggling and, um, and, you know, like my husband will say, like you are the best mom on the planet. Like what, are, why are you so worried about this? And I, you know, I'm crying. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. like, you know, I mean, just like that community around us to like, to also yeah. help us, you know, yes. help us make it when we're struggling or, you know, we have moments where, or, or sometimes it's like, I needed to hear from another mom, the truth. Like when I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't slept. My baby won't let me put her down. And hearing another mom being like, oh, I had one of those. Like, mm-hmm. okay, it's not just me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, couldn't I have had... raised my twins oh. without handing them over to somebody yeah. every once yeah. in a while, you yeah. know? And, you know, so... I, so you were talking about the community and I, and I was thinking of um, uh, mom brain and whether or not it goes away. Cause you mentioned it earlier, uh, Samantha, before we started recording was mom brain. And I was thinking you said community and, and having others help you. And I had a, a family member who at one point said, Oh, I used to love when you would ask me to watch the twins because, and you know, then she would go off on the story and I'd go, Oh my gosh, you watched my twins. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember you. And then when they said it, it's like, oh my gosh, you did. You did. And so that, that it's a, it's a blur. I think Giselle, you said that earlier is a blur. Parenting is a blur. um, And you have to have that community helping you because I mean, I obviously she was, she told me she was watching the twins. So I could go, I think it was like mom dates or, you know, I'm, you know, like our dates nights or whatever, but um, that was I was so tired at the time that I don't even remember her doing mm-hmm. it for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thankfully, you know, we have, um, we were able to have a community that could help us because it's really important. My family um, with my twins, well, with even with my oldest, oh my goodness, I lived with my dad when I yeah. had him. I was pregnant mm-hmm. at 17, had him at 18. I lived with my dad. Um, amazing support there. He turned his game room into a, a bedroom for my son. And um, we lived there until I think he was about two. Um, and then my, my grandmother, so my kid's great grandmother, she used to watch him so I could go to college. And I dropped him off at, I think it was like 3.45 or four in the morning. So I could drive an hour away to go to my classes and then come home and pick him up, you know, go back to our house and pick him up. So my community, um, you know, all the people, and I don't want to leave anybody out who might be listening, but this isn't like an acceptance speech or anything, but like, you know, so many people helped us along the way that, um, you know, good friends that watched my kiddos and I had trusted sitters, um, 
and Samantha, you mentioned that before we went on mm-hmm. recording is how do you find a trusted sitter? Mm-hmm. And that's being able to let our kids go, knowing that they're going to somebody that we can trust mm-hmm. is part of our resilience because yes. if we're stressing about mm-hmm. who they're going to, we, we can't be successful at whatever we're trying to do. It'll be tainted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've had bad sitters. My oldest had bad sitters. It's part of what shaped me to be wanting to be a stay-at-home grandma because <sighs> he had such bad sitters. Mm. So, um, not, not family or friends. It was people, you know, like while I was working, I, I had daycare that ended up being terrible, but, um, yeah. but yeah, our community. Amy, yeah. It's hard yeah. to let go. Cause in my early postpartum, I had, I had people in my community that were like, can I help you? And I was like, oh, no, I just need to cling to this. And mm-hmm. I don't, I can't yeah. give mm-hmm. her to anyone else. And, and, mm-hmm. and that was really real. And I probably struggled more than I, I could have, but it was just where I was at. And I, okay. and I wanted to say too, that community can look so different. Like where we live, we don't have any family. We have mm-hmm. some friends, but I also gave birth in the middle of a pandemic yeah. <laughs> where we couldn't have anyone physically around us. And, and so I had a virtual community. Like I, I joined a, a postpartum depression support group. Mm-hmm. And and I was able to connect with other moms that were struggling like me and just signing on to that and like having the babies play while we all were like crying and talking about mm-hmm. what we were going through, like yeah, and getting it out was so healing for me too. So the community can look so different. Mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned that you found an online community because I was wondering um to myself, you know, what if somebody doesn't have a community? Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, what, what do we say to our listeners if they don't have a community? Um, you know, I didn't have my mom for many of my children that I could go to for support. Um, but I did have a lot of family members and, and um, close friends that were supportive. Um, what do people do? And so you mentioning that you found an online support group is just incredible because I, I, I don't know if I would have thought of it on my own. Because I was locked into almost like a little panic mode as I was thinking yeah. about it. You know, what do we do? Um, and so I'm, I'm so glad that you said that. And um, do you do you still communicate with that group or? Yeah, we're all on WhatsApp and, and you know, we like share updates on the on the kids. Awesome. And, and yeah, Love it's it. really yeah. it's there's so many um, options out there. You know, there's Instagram pages for people who talk about things that moms are going through and you can meet people on there and and there's Facebook groups a lot of Facebook groups for mom and and you know talking earlier mentioning different parenting styles like there's a Facebook group for whatever parenting style you have (laughs) there's a Facebook group um and you can find people that you can ask for advice and you can uh share you know what you're going through and get support if you don't have anyone in your life and it's really been huge for me in lieu of, you know, physical support. She is Mm -hmm. going to daycare soon, which we're both excited for. Um, But yeah, there's, we don't think about that because there is that survival mode brain. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I hope that anyone listening to this, you know, explore, like go and search and see what's there, what's online, what's in your local, you know, area, ask your doctor or midwife, or they can, you know, give you some resources as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. And I think yeah. that hearing all that and thinking about myself, thinking about what you said, Giselle and Jessica, like what you're saying, like we all had this point of like resistance, right. Where it was like, no, I can do this. <laughs> yeah, no, I can do this. But really the power comes when we do lean on other people, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and being okay when somebody, and I think about this, even from the flipped perspective, because like when I see a mom and she's holding her baby and trying to eat, like Mm -hmm. this just happened at something, you know, where I went to a family member and I was like, give her, give me Mm -hmm. a little one. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh no, 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 no. Like, Get, I want to take her like it mm-hmm. and just realizing that just as much as I want that when other people say to me mm. like the neighbor who came out and saw me the other day and she's like we're here for you if you want a date night you tell us like, <laughs> you know and I'm thinking so my, initial, yeah, <laughs> my initial reaction still is oh my gosh I would never burden you with that right mm-hmm. 
But if I yes. think of the flip side, if that was me and that would be me, yeah. I, I am saying it because I want to do that. Right. And mm-hmm. so yeah. she's saying it because she wants to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being, I think, you know, having like, even in ourselves being like, people aren't saying stuff and then expecting us to like, and then, then it's a burden. They're, they're wanting to help. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just like with me and my grandson. Yes. Yep. I want to, I would be so devastated if I didn't get him. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, yeah. um, and my son and my daughter-in-law, they think us, um, uh, I say my son, cause it's usually who I'm giving him back to or pick, you know, whatever he's the one I see at the end of the day. Um, he will say every single time, thank you so much. We appreciate you so much. And, and I'm going, no, no, <laughs> thank you for letting me, let me play with him all day long. And, you know, so, um, yes, I, yeah. I, I hope that people get that in this, mm-hmm. if they take anything away from this, it's that when people offer, they really do want to help. Um, I did that once at a, um, an award thing for my husband's RC boats. There was a mom trying to eat and she was holding her little one. And I was like, give me the child. <laughs> I don't know you. I, I, let me introduce myself real quick. I promise I'm not going anywhere. We have five. I don't need any more. You know, like, let me just hold your kid. I'm not a weirdo. No. Yeah. <laughs> like this is what I do. You know, I, I did that with the whole spiel. I'm a retired teacher. Let me just hold your kid. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm yes. fingerprinted. Um, we, they were there for the same awards thing. So I didn't even leave the room. I just stood up so that they could eat, but um, she was so hesitant. She didn't want to burden mm-hmm. me, but I had already eaten. And mm-hmm. oh, let's be honest, I wouldn't have offered if I didn't want to. And I was bored at the RC boat yeah, thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but that's so important. Um, yeah. Uh, something that was mentioned once that I think that we should also really drive home for people is mom brain. And Samantha, you brought that up. And I wanted to make sure we circled back to it because mom brain's real. So let's talk about that. I subscribe to and it. You have to figure out how to work through it, right? Like if you were, I, I don't know, I was on, I, 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 Jessica, you probably have heard this way too much. Like I used to be on top of my game. Like mm. <laughs> I did not need to write notes down for anything. Yep. I did not need to have 12 million things in my calendar. And these are all strategies now, like resiliency strategies for mom brain, right? Like, yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't have to do any of that because my brain was just so on fire. Yes. And now I'm putting ice cream in the refrigerator, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And if I don't yes. write it down, forget it, forget yep. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's for me, even like my maternity leave is coming to an end. And the, the, pro- like, I know I'm not where I used to be. And I think that a lot of moms are like, after a baby, it really does change. Your mind is just so preoccupied uh-huh. with so many different things. Like you're not just thinking about you and the things you want, mm-hmm. but also your kid and did they eat? And like, there's all these things running there in the background. And it's like to, to have a job on top of that and perform the way I used to perform, it just isn't realistic. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. kind of just accepted that and I'm going to be okay with that. I'm always going to show up and do my best. But you know, that again, it's like, it's changed. My brain is like, you know, spaghetti sometimes. I don't know what's Mm -hmm. going on in there. Um, And also like the lack of sleep and so many things are contributing to the, the brain fog, right? Yes. The lack of sleep, the changes to our body, mm-hmm. the hormones. Yeah. Um, oh, there's so much, there's actually I, a physiological reason for mom brain. Right. right. Yeah. You know, I had a um, boss one time to like, tell me, and this is when I was getting ready to give birth to my daughter and um, it's always stuck with me. And he said to me, you are going to be a different person mm-hmm. after you give birth. Mm-hmm. Do not try to be the worker you were before. 
It's not who you're going to be. You need to be more important and more there for as a mom than you do as a worker. So don't try to be that person. Don't set your sights on that. You're different now. And he's like, and that different is a good thing. Like, and I just always have that in the back of my mind, like, especially when I get hard on myself, right? Like, cause Mm -hmm. mom brain's kicking in and Mm -hmm. an employee asked me to remember to do something. And oh my gosh, that was 12 weeks ago, (laughs) 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 you know, like, yeah, like, and, and, and now it's like, I'm not that person. Give myself some grace, right? Like give yourself Uh some grace. It's okay. I don't have to be that person because you're Uh right. You know, I I just was having a conversation with some men and the one doesn't have a child of his own. And he's like, you know, we're trying to pick dinner. Like we're all out together trying to pick dinner. And well, we don't want to pick dinner because we both run our own businesses. And, um, and, and so we have to make decisions all day. And I looked at him and I was like, right. (laughs) (laughs) You're the only ones who make decisions all day. And I said, I made decisions all day for work. Then I went and got the daughter and Mm -hmm. then made decisions for her. And by the way, while she wasn't with me, I was still checking my email because it was Friday follow-up. And so I wanted to see what she did at school that day. And (laughs) you know, and I was like, so yeah, I don't want to make a dinner decision either. Right. But like, Yes. Just, yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I was just thinking of decision fatigue today. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I was like, this is a real thing. I am. It is absolutely. Maxed out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw a TikTok last night. It's not about mom brain, but it was a, um, <laughs> or today, I, I think I sent it to you, Samantha, about the man who's talking about how he uses his wife's brain as a filing cabinet. No, Do I you like this salad? This oh my me. gosh. I thought I did. Um, I think I actually did. You might not have seen it. Like oh, okay. it just, I did right before. So it was today. See, I, I have grandma brain. What does it mean that one? <laughs> um, so so um, in, in regards to parenting, your brain is the filing cabinet for whomever is in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, with our little ones, we're their, their filing cabinet of all of the things. Okay, I've got to get them a shot. I've got to take them in for this. I got to do this. I got to, I got to pack mm-hmm. for lunch. Oh, I've got to make mm-hmm. cupcakes. Oh, I've got to, and we're so there is a physiological reason for mom brain and we could have an expert come in and talk about mom brain. Um, <laughs> but there's a physiological reason and then, you know, the biological reason. And then there's just the outward life that we are now mm-hmm. where we are in our world today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are so busy and so inundated that mm-hmm. our brain filing cabinet is full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't even take into account the funny video that I sent her where it's a man talking about how he uses his wife's brain, smiling <laughs> cabinet, which I don't know about you guys, but is yeah, for the longest yeah. time was the truth for me and my husband. And so, um, you know, until I had to start offloading some of those things for him to him and my kids grew. And so now I'm telling him, I'm not working right now. Give me some of the things on your plate and I'll do them for you. And so it's just a different place, but um, I don't think mom brain really ever fully goes away. We just maybe get better at compartmentalizing all the things, like you said, Samantha, um, the calendar and the list. And I've always been a list person. I love, I love crossing off my lists and, <laughs> you know, that it just made me feel so accomplished each day. But now it's like, if I don't have a list, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, yeah. oh, it's not on the calendar. Guess who's not going to that party? You know, okay. I'm not going. Um, yeah, but yeah. then you have to be able to give yourself some grace after yes. that when you miss the birthday party for the kids. Yes. You can't beat yourself up, right? Yes. Like- and that comes back to that. <laughs> Stop judging yourself. And you're not perfect. And it's okay to make mistakes, whether it's um, a parenting mistake with your child when you're correcting a behavior. You made a mistake. You learn from it. You do it differently next time or your yeah. own mistakes. That's you resiliency. Know. Like you bounce back and yes. you keep moving forward. It's just, mm-hmm. it's part of the territory with the mom life. And you might hear a baby in the background. Yeah. <laughs> mom life. Yeah. You know, like you're just you're always multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> multitasking, doing all these things. But like, I wanted to, you know, as hearing you talk and what you said at the beginning about your mom and, and realizing that she didn't do everything wrong. It's like, I realized when I became a mother, how 
I didn't see the humanity in my own mother and how it is that Mm -hmm. giving us grace. Like we, Mm -hmm. we really don't know until we're in the role, but it is like, oh yeah, this is just, this is just impossible for one human being to do. Like Mm -hmm. this is just too big of a job for one human being to do. And so like leaning on our supports and giving ourselves Mm -hmm. grace and just acknowledging the reality that like you could be the best of the best but we need each other and we need mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. yes and our kids do need it too mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so I think as we wind down I think we have one thing left that we were going to talk about and it is um uh still being me still that's being great ourself. that's I was like we did have not touched on that yeah <laughs> it's so important to our resiliency yes. so let's talk about that for a minute um I I had this you know, my kids are grown. And I told you before our recording that I'm going through a different phase of that. So when my kids were younger, I struggled with still being Jessica. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm mom, 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 but I needed to find who I was. And that's not a judgment on whether or not somebody stays home, goes out to work. It's not about that at all. It's about, do you feel comfortable like with your identity of being me? And I struggled with that. And I'm now in another phase of it where I'm now, I just recently stopped working and now I'm grandma. And I keep my, I, I keep saying to myself, I, I'm just a grandma and I'm just a mom. And that's not, those are huge aspects of me. And I, I hate that I'm adding the word just in there, but I'm struggling now to find me again, who is Jessica that doesn't work. So let's talk about that. How does that impact your resilience? And did you guys experience that as well? I struggle with that constantly. Like I've even said recently, like, I'll be like, I'm so mom. Like, what do I even do outside of mom? Right. Mm -hmm. Like besides working, but what am I doing outside of mom? I do struggle with that. And, you know, because before being a mom, like my hours were filled, right? Like I was scrapbooking and like all this stuff. And I haven't done any of that. Like Mm -hmm. some of it for me just recently has been like, no, I'm going to (laughs) read. Cause Samantha likes to read, right? Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's self-care and part of who you are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm struggling with that right now. Like, (laughs) I don't know if we ever stop struggling with it because we're, we're always evolving. Like mm, every mm-hmm. phase is like, like today I'm mom of a toddler and one day I'll be mom of a teenager and then I'll be mom of it. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, or I might have another child and then I'm a mom of two and not just a mom of one. And, and, and so I'm like trying to figure out based on what I can do with the time that I have, what do I want to do? And honestly, like, I'm going to talk, honestly, when I have a minute, all I want to do is nothing. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. I feel that, Giselle, I feel that. Yeah, I'm just like, ooh, I have a gap. Let's just lay on the couch and do nothing. And then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, but we all have needs for joy and play and relaxation. So I have been thinking about that a lot and feeling the kind of borderline burnout of like, okay, this need for play, this need for pleasure and leisure isn't getting met right now. And then just, you know, trying to figure out, okay, what would help me get that? And it's, it's, I haven't got the answer right now. Um, I do really like home reno shows that helps me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But other than that, I'm just, I'm figuring it out and I'm being aware that it's important and always like searching for, you know, the opportunities to do that. Um, Because I'm also, I also used to do a lot of stuff in community with other people and and now it's a little trickier to do that uh like going out Mm -hmm. with my girlfriends that don't have kids or anything like that it's a weird it's a weird thing because i i'm not the same right Right. i am not Mm -hmm. the same Mm -hmm. um and so yeah it's it's important which i'm aware of i'm aware of it's important i'm trying to prioritize finding the, the activities that make me feel like myself maybe it's putting on beyonce and dancing in the kitchen i'll maybe mm-hmm. do that today something <laughs> just something that's just for me just for fun just for pleasure um but it's it's hard mm-hmm. and in a previous episode we talked about burnout and um and i we talked about how i i've 
used that time when I was experiencing burnout and I found a therapist that I absolutely love. And I will share with you her advice on finding out who I am. Um, And this is just a little piece because I'm not done, but she had me write three um, affirmations a day and I see her every two weeks, right? So (laughs) I did the homework all in one day and I made a bulletin board of 42 (laughs) affirmations because she said, she's, you know, she said, we'll go over them next time, you know, maybe put them on your board. And I thought, I'll never, that's me, right? Yeah. That's like, so over the top of who I am, but, um, I really like it. I'm sitting here right now. And even as we were speaking about knowing who I am, I didn't even think to look up at my board, which is why she told me to put it on my board right here. (laughs) But so I looked up and I have 42 affirmations of who I am. Beautiful. And I, in the center, it says I am, and I wrote Mm -hmm. resilient, a good listener, courageous, inspirational, a good mom, attentive, loved, understanding, smart, introverted. They're all up there. There's 42 of them. And even in the shower today, I was thinking of more. And so it, it isn't exactly the be all end all answer, but it really helps when I'm feeling like, Oh, I'm just a fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just a Mm -hmm. wife. I'm just a, you know, I I've lately said to my husband, I don't want to be just the person who cleans the house. I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't be that. And so I have, and that's what I had said to my therapist actually was, I can't just be the house cleaner. (laughs) And so she had me do this board and, um, you know, I didn't put on here. I'm just a grandma. I'm just Mm -hmm. a mom. I'm just a wife. I put, I'm a good mom. I'm a good wife. Mm -hmm. I'm a good grandma. I am a good Mm -hmm. listener sensitive. And so it's helping me to find myself again. I I really wish I would have had something like this back when I was struggling um, early on in my parenting that because it's so consuming parenting mm-hmm. is so it just all it is consuming. all consuming mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah and as you said that Jessica something that I do do that I guess I didn't realize was contributing to this because I love affirmations too and mm-hmm. for me I like to record myself saying them so I could listen to it whenever I feel kind of off yeah and I took my daughter to the park today and I actually listened to it and I, mm. I wasn't entirely paying attention but I feel like it really gets into your subconscious just like yes. hearing it and so yeah that's a really good tip too is to use the affirmations so mm-hmm. I told my therapist I was going to do that I said I listened to, so when I, before I got my swim headphones, I would just repeat affirmations in my head as I was swimming. But the bummer part was, is I would get stuck on like Mm. the same one, you know, I am courageous. Like I'd get stuck on the same one. And so I said, I'm going to record them and I'm going to put them on to, to use while I swim. And then I, and then she said, like, then you, I started kind of like picking it apart. Well, the songs I listened to, cause I was going to do, um, uh, I'm courageous. And then I wanted to put, you know, the affirmation and then a song that made me feel courageous after it. And I said, well, I kind of running into a problem as I'm thinking this through, I use Amazon music and I can't do my own recording. And she said, okay, well record yourself saying your affirmations and then choose a song that goes with it. So you can say, I am courageous and go find the song, put it into a new playlist that is just for your affirmations. And then when you hear the song, you'll attach it to I am courageous. So I'll be able to play the affirmations and play Mm -hmm. the songs that make me feel courageous or feel understanding or feel smart. Um, You know, so I'll I'll have to pick your brain sometime on what you used because she said there's got to be, and I I agree with her, there's got to be a different player out there where I can get songs and, and download them and include my own voice saying Mm -hmm. my affirmations. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Yeah, I literally put on music like in the background on the iPad and I record it in my phone with the music in the background. It's very janky, <laughs> but it works. <laughs> janky works. I'll be underwater. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't come out sounding great anyway. It doesn't sound like, you know, a real uh, stereo. So I love that. Um, yeah. Anything else that we didn't get to cover? I just love this conversation so much. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought it was so amazing just well, talking to other moms idea. honestly so. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah was it my idea it mom was, brain? <laughs> I, I do mom brain I do think it was yours in our in our call afterwards yes. after we ended um yeah because I just thought like resilience is like the 
bedrock of motherhood for me it's mm-hmm. just like we are the most resilient beings on this planet and what we do every day taking care of other humans and ourselves is like mm-hmm. a big job and yeah we can't do it alone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well on that note I think that's <laughs> where we end <laughs> yes. uh, so um, if you would like to follow Giselle and learn more about her and from her you can at mighty underscore emotions mighty underscore emotions on uh instagram you can also listen to her podcast on spotify and that's the mighty emotions podcast um and so thank you thank you giselle for coming and chatting and coming up with a great idea about (laughs) talking about mom resiliency (laughs) thank you guys i think this episode made me a better mom already Thank you for listening to And Life Happened. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will continue to listen to and like our podcast. If you would like to support our podcast, you can do so by sharing this with others to build our community of resilience. To stay updated on the latest information, please follow us at at and underscore life happened on Instagram. If you would like to share your life happened story of resilience, please complete the form in our Instagram bio. These are our personal stories, and we are not mental health professionals. This is not a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. Thank you.